people just think it's like the right thing to do. I was no different. Like I, I worked a whole bunch of like office jobs, you know what I mean? Cause that seemed like, it's like, oh, this is the way you do have to provide, go get a degree and then a job. And then that's how you put food on the table and you do that until you're 65 and then you stop. Hi, and welcome to Dad Anil. My name is Mike Trank. And as you can figure, I'm a dad. I feel that's how a lot of other podcasts start, and those dads will tell you what their day is like. They'll probably talk about what it's like being a dad today, too. But along with being a dad by day, I'm also a mental health counselor by night in my own private practice. As a clinician in private practice, and one of those dads sitting in pickup and drop-off lines for school, I wanted to share what I see in this ever-changing world. So together, let's create the best version of being a millennial dad. I'd like to welcome a good friend of mine, Mr. Josh Smith. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? How are you doing? Doing okay. We're in the uh, therapy office space here, so session is in. Maybe that should be a mon- Maybe that should be one of my uh, monikers. Yeah. I could put the a t-shirt doc, on session. In. I like that. And I was just telling Josh of trying to think of a fun nickname for him, as we'll get into if he has altered his life into trying to make it to a professional poker career. So I feel like every poker like guy needs like a nickname, needs you know something fun, fun moniker, fun, fun thing there, especially nowadays with vlogs and blogs and yeah, exactly marketing yourself. yourself some way. The viper, yeah. with a little, with a, so there's a viper in the background for people who can't see that are listening. That's like curve like an S. His last name is Smith, so he's put a J over it there with a little, little viper on top. It's gonna bite your chips. You know, so like a hundred dollar chip coming out of his mouth there, or something like that. <laughs> that. I love that. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. He's just like snagging a chip off a set. Snagging, yeah. snagging a 500 chip. Yeah. There you now go. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Right. I love that idea. Letter to the editor. There we go. Yeah, a little blood on it. There you go. <laughs> and I know we're, me and him were just talking earlier about two of playing tournaments, and he's going out there again for the, the World Series in, in June and July. And I'm planning on, on joining him for, for an event, which is on my bucket list. I think that's why poker's so Tag interesting. Team. Yeah. Back again. Yeah, I love it. I was I've I've always wanted to play it as I was trying to get people out to play the tag team last year too because it's just so it's like the most fun tournament I think. So you're gonna love it. It's gonna be awesome. That's the only way I do it now. Like in my twenties, I probably would have done it just because I was brash and I thought like oh I can I can hang with the big boys now in my forties of like yeah I could I mean I'd be a bucket list I'd do it but I know like realistically like, I'd get my ass handed to me unless just cut, you know you just run smoking out which yeah. can randomly happen but. You know, the probability of like, well, I'm just going out there like to have fun and I'm going to lose X number of dollars just to say I played. But Yeah, the like, tag team's like, the cheapest one, too, because you, you're deferring the costs. So it's like you get the, the World Series chips and it's just it'll be it's awesome. It's going to be a, it's the most fun atmosphere too, like the, the least miserable for sure. We're making shirts. There we go. I love it. Yeah, we actually do need a shirt. It's a great idea. We have to get some Dad Daniel swag and wear it out there too. Start start handing out cards. That that will be uh, in the in the mix very soon. We can find that on the Dad Daniel website along with the LinkedIn page and Facebook page, where you can go uh, get your Dad Daniel merch. I show you uh, my Lion notebook now. You can let it out now in a nice Dad Daniel Lion notebook, where you two can I love let it. it out anytime. And right, and we're coming up with a new saying besides the lion. Yep, let it out. That was a great segue, too. It is a great segue. <laughs> Look at that. Like, we actually planned this. Like, I know what I'm doing here. 
fantastic. But I think just what we were saying there of, I think I, I wanted to include you in one of my first podcasts because I feel like anyone that I talk to of, you know, like any guest ideas or who do you have, you know, you, they have some guest ideas for you. And I'm like, this, this buddy of mine that, you know, just regular Joe, like the rest of us has been working on, like, not just making that career change, but poker, which I think is something that a lot of dads, especially that have gotten into one way or another in our 20s and 30s of online or home games or whatever. And so it seemed like I always got a, a fun response of their best poker stories. And like, wow, that's amazing. Like, how do you actually do that? Like that thought of, all right, you can actually be a dad and you can, you know, try to live your dream. It is funny because... I, I think that is like it, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think like whatever people's like preconceived notions of a poker player is, is like not like a, just like a normal dad, like dropping the kid off at the bus, you know, I think, you know, yeah. they kind of think it's a lot shadier than that. Just in general, uh, people are always kind of surprised when you, when you say it, they're like, Oh really? You know, but <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like, you know, like late nights or back alleys or stuff like that. But I think that's just sort of the mental picture. Uh, a lot of people have, but I'm not that. Yeah, I, I'm just a just a dude. Has the stigma? I think it has that thing of that you did in your 20s and 30s, and and you know, maybe you might play a home game with some buddies, or maybe online over COVID you play. But you know, the thought of of like taking it to the next level of doing the studying and the work to to make it your career is that stigma, but also of you know that's something I did for fun, right? Like how many? Yeah. How many guys? I, I feel like you you had a good group of people that like actually studied and worked on it, like actually you know really got into poker. But it's one of those things that people like and enjoy and they do and find it as a hobby. But right to actually even stop and think about it is like oh I could I could have made that into if I put in the time and the effort to make that into yeah into a job. You know I think that's one of those thoughts too of I'm you know that dad of. To sit in their office job, like, oh shit, man, maybe I should have paid more attention to the. I mean, that was that was me. I was in the office, right? Right. I, I remember reading Super Systems in my in my time there in 2005. Like, well, I, this I is have a big it, book, like, but probably 10 feet from me. It's on a shelf over here somewhere. Yeah, that was my reading in like breaks of work. Of like, well, I got time between work every page or two, just for the heck of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I, well, it's funny that book. I, I give uh, my buddy Brandon the credit for this. Like, <clears throat> it's funny, like you said poker is like a, a thing like i feel like a lot of guys probably do bond over like in their 20s and stuff and so we sort of did you know like it was we were in college in 2003 that was like the money maker boom when everybody started playing hold'em and uh so we had like lots of games screwing around with, like with all our college buddies and we were all terrible at the time and brandon bought super system he was the first one to buy a book and i remember at the time i thought it was like kind of weird i was like what's he doing <laughs> Like he's just gonna read, and it's like Super Systems, this thick book too. You're just like, what is this guy doing? Like this looks like an encyclopedia. And for like the next two weeks after that, he just ran the game over. Like we were just getting destroyed. Uh, and that was like the first light bulb moment for me, where I was like, oh shit, there's like obviously way more to this than I had like considered because like it just can't be a coincidence that he just bought this book and right. he's now slapping us around for two straight weeks. Like there's no way that's it so i did i, I immediately snap bought it i said all right now i'm gonna have to see what's going on here the price of that new was ridiculous of like trying to hunt it down pre like big internet day. i think amazon was still books so you could find yeah. it on amazon you but, like even used was like 20 something dollars 
Yeah, 22 yeah. bucks. I'm like, 22 bucks. Like, mm, that's a six pack, a couple packs of smokes. It was. Yeah, I felt like the same way too. I was like, this is crazy. I'm going to spend this on a book now. Yeah. But I was like, he was literally just kicking our ass. So I was like, this has got to be some something magical in this book. And it was funny because then, you know, you'd read it and then you would sort of see what he had like taken from it immediately. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I got it. Like, there, there really is something to this. So that is pretty cool, though, that the percentage of people that pursue their passion is, is slim and then kind of pursue a passion that's a hobby at most for 90 some percent of people i yeah. think is it's pretty pretty special and pretty cool yeah yeah i think people probably i think just in general get nervous you know it seems like and this this is just for poker i, I suppose it would be for like a small business i'm sure you would probably had family members and stuff so when you were going out on your own same thing they just feel like it's less safe than working for like a company mm -hmm. i don't necessarily agree with that but i just think that's sort of like the default setting that people have is that like oh going out on your own is is like sort of scary it's the or, fear of the unknown the psychology would say yeah. that's what, it's that fear of what is known is this is the path this is where you, you know you have you have something secure right you, you have a paycheck each week you, that stigma too of you know it's poker like, like you, you know i'm sure oh totally right it was said and like when when you had owen and stuff like well you have a family you have a kid you have a wife to take yeah, care of PI people it's yeah because i think they not not a lot of people sort of understand it like intrinsically it feels like gambling so i think you know they're like oh that's risky or you shouldn't take this risk and I, I would agree to an extent if like I'm not playing blackjack if it were I would agree be like yes if I had like uh, or if I was playing two, 10 or 20 hours of blackjack every week black and red if, roulette, then I had a kid it's like yeah I'm gonna have to stop doing that like that is a, a very reasonable request but um, this is no different really than stock trading or any uh, like yeah, I, I always use the 401k as an example because people uh, I think it's squeamish about like the idea that you could like go to work and lose money, which does happen like frequently. Yeah, but it's like if you year. pulled up your 401k graph, right? It's like if you zoom in real close at any point, you can be like, well, what happened that day? It seems like you lost four or five thousand dollars. What happened this day? This was like a, a huge downswing. But ultimately, if you just zoom out, it just sort of in theory should look like a line, like. A, a kind of a curved line that's just going up over time and like my poker graph is no different mm -hmm. but i think just people think it's like gambling but it's not like you know i as, as someone was asking me the other day just about like how much like time i spent doing it and i was like you know i usually i probably play 20 or 30 hours a week or something like that and i'm like studying the other you know 10 or 15 more uh and they thought that was kind of funny because they're like oh it's like it is like a 40 hour job then like in a way and I was like, well, yeah, it is. Like, I sort of pick which hours or, like, how I do. Like, I have more autonomy over that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, it is. It is. I just spend them differently. Thinking of myself, but I, th I feel like you're, you're in a similar boat, too, of that being on an island, right? When you're going off on your own and you're doing that and hearing those the negative feedback there at times and the worry and concern and the tough days like, that come with it because not all are going to be winners no right? so they're, they're they're not all going to be managing good. But I, I think the thing uh i always sort of counter with people too is it's like you don't know how safe your company is either you know it's like my dad worked for the post office uh for 20 years and they just eliminated his department one day you know and and previous to that i'm sure it would have been like no that's a very safe job he's got this nice government job and like 
that's a safe move. It's like, well, it is and it isn't. You know, like you're you're still at the whim of something else. If if something goes bad in your company, or your company goes under, or they have have to lay people off, or whatever the case may be, who knows? Then there is no paycheck. Nothing is coming in. It just feels like it's safer. I feel like in our in our heads, but I'm not necessarily sure it's true. Um, not that it's for everyone. Like obviously, it is. There are days like you you lose like money that would make people uncomfortable, and it's not fun. If if that stuff bothers you, which it it I mean always it bothers everyone, but if it like really gets to you, it probably is better as a hobby where you can just say, yeah, all right, I'll just do this a little bit. Like I, I can go put it away for a while if like I got stung and I don't you know I'll just lick my wounds and I still have my day job. But for me, it's it's like managing a 401k sort of in a way. Like uh, I'm just investing my bankroll in myself each day, and some days it goes up and some days it goes down. But that's you know important to kind of hear. What you're trying to say there? Uh, there's no guarantees. There's no definites. There's no you know, no matter where you're working nowadays. And yeah, I think that's hard for a lot of people. If and then the dead annual aspect of it, of you know, the old the older generation of uh, your dad worked in the post office. My dad yeah. worked in a corporate job for X number of years, and that thought and belief of this is what you do and branching out on your own was almost. I feel like a negative, like my dad. I mean, he had to shift to and kind of take a severance package and leave. Of He tried consulting on his own. He just miserably failed, unfortunately. And and I think, right, just not knowing of how to handle yourself, like how to, you know, how to do all that is, is a lot. And I think the earlier you do it, yeah, the earlier you do it is the better. And I do think, like, you're right, like, in that people just think it's like the right thing to do. I was no different. Like I, I worked a whole bunch of like office jobs, you know what I mean? Cause that seemed like, it's like, Oh, this is the way I guess it's supposed to work. And it just like really didn't work for me, but I tried to force it for a long time. Cause it seemed like that's just what you do. You know, like you go to college, then you get like one of those jobs. Uh, you don't have to be happy about it. And you just like hang yeah. on and hope like that you have a stable paycheck and, until you retire and it just wasn't tenable for me personally i was just the, the not my kind of environment necessarily no disrespect no. to people who enjoy it like some some people i'm sure are very comfortable in a job like that just wasn't for me and like thankfully i just sort of found something else like uh, really shout out andrew Nimi. like started putting out vlogs uh and even got rid of my own misconceptions because i think i sort of felt that way too like oh well if you if I wanted to be a poker player, then like what? Like I'll have to like always be out till five in the morning or blah, but it's like, nope, like you can just be like a normal guy with a normal life. Uh, and that was like sort of what his vlog was that when he first started, he's playing like five, 10 and, and 10, 20 now, but he was, you know, playing one, two and two, five and just like kind of hanging out at, at bars or like showing cool Vegas spots. And I was like, Oh, this is just a normal dude. And he just lives like a normal life just, and he funds it playing poker. And that was that was like that that was very appealing. So I think that's probably that was like maybe 2016 or something. I found I said, all right, I'm going to get back into it, take it more seriously. No, I think you hit the nail on the head there of the learned behavior part of it for dead annuals, males. That's kind of what overall we were taught of. Right, you you get a trade, you go to school, you have something you know tenable there that you can yeah you you do have to provide exactly you go get right. a degree and then a job and then and and that's how you put food on the table and you do that until you're 65 and then you stop right so it's part now, of the behavior it's part making dad happy kind of thing of you know you, you'd see the positives of like oh you know you, you do a good your new job yeah i guess I, I, this this it this is 
Yeah, I, I mean, I felt the same way. And so like, my parents hated poker. I played, so I, I did play professionally very, like right out of college, mostly as a function of not being able to get another job at the time, like mm -hmm. uh, in 2008. And they hated it, hated it, like wanted no part of it. Uh, and when I started doing it more seriously, again, they were in the same thing. They didn't like it. I think they were just very nervous because that, you know, they're never getting out of that mindset where it was like, this is gambling. That's not a safe uh, choice. Like this is, you know, you're risking like stuff for your kid and blah, blah, blah. This is just not how you do it. Um, which I, I always thought was kind of wild too, given like their exact circumstance. It was like you had a government job. There was nothing safe about it. Like that wasn't a safe route. Right. Not necessarily, you know, getting laid off in your mid forties. So I don't know. It just didn't seem, but they, you know, they didn't see it that way. They were terrified. I think they're, they're more okay with it now. You know, I'll send, occasionally send them, uh, pictures. If I run up a stack and be like, Hey, the, the mortgage is paid. Like you can, you know, exhale. Don't worry about sleep. it. You know, your grandkid won't be homeless now. You can imagine like me now of how far I've gotten that it's, uh, having the conversation with my family not just doing therapy but i'm creating a podcast to like pull back yeah, from therapy like what what yeah a podcast <laughs> just even explaining a podcast yeah. to to someone over <laughs> 70 is, is yes a what a yeah what cast? Right, so you're taking less patience to work on this yep this is the next project <laughs> that i'm gonna it's tough it's hard to i think sometimes people they just can't like sort of grasp it um which I, I get, but, you know. In the beginning, yeah, when you do it, then you kind of see if... I don't know why I had this analogy once, and it's always stuck in my mind of... I always love mountains and greenery, so I was thinking, like, it's the first mountain. Like, you get over, like... It's literally getting over your Everest or Kilimanjaro or whatever. Mountain that you prefer, or, or continent that you prefer. Yeah. And when you get over, you finally climb to the top. You're like, oh, crap, there's mountains all over this place now. Like, all right. But now I'm kind of the biggest one, so now it's like... I want to try different ones. I want to see this whole, you know, I can see the whole valley now. I feel like it's just a different thing of like, all right, it's jumping in the deep end, whatever metaphor you want to use and, you know, getting over your fears, anxieties, and that learned behavior. I think for, you know, for men especially, and why I'm doing what I'm doing is breaking the system here, trying to understand of that things are changing, things have changed, you know, things are are different now and the ability to, do different things out of the norm or to chase your dreams, to chase, you know, whatever your passion is, whether it's something that was a hobby that's now your full-time passion or something that in my 20s, you know, I, I just read a couple of psychology books. I was looking of starting my own business, doing different things, working in insurance. They, you know, I took a couple of MBA classes, like maybe I'll get my master's in business. Like not, not that's too much accounting. That's nope. Yeah, no, I have my MBA. It, yeah. it's worthless now i'll yeah. never use it again it, it took me till i was 30 of of you know finally of like I, I, people keep telling me like i'm you know a good person to talk to me i should be a therapist oh all right maybe maybe i'll try that route you know if hitting and missing you know even if it's something that wasn't your passion at first or a hobby that you just always enjoyed psychology and I do think it is worth like taking risks for stuff like that because the payoff is, is so great. Like if it really is something that you love to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do love the mountain analogy because there's, there's something too. it's almost like seeing like a, a ball go through the hoop kind of like if you're like in a shooting funk, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you, once you do climb, like it is scary at first. Right. But like once you do it, even for like a little bit, you know, a, a month, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, 
this this isn't no. nearly like a sort of as terrifying as I was led to believe it will be, or mm-hmm. like not that it's easy. I'm not trying to like I don't want to downplay that at all, but you're like, oh, this is like way more possible because I do think there is like a natural thing where like, oh no, that's that isn't safe, and I couldn't do that. Like, could I be a therapist or a poker player or whatever it is? But yeah, if you really work at it, like once you do it and you're on your own, even for a little bit and you get just like a little success, it is funny how quick your mind does shift to be like, oh, I was wrong about that. Like this actually is fine. Like I can do this. And like use even your mountain analogy. It's like the second mountain isn't as scary. It might be annoying or like, oh, I have to do this. But you're like, you're just now innately aware that you can do it. I'll, I'll downplay it. If, if I could go back and either create something new again and kind of be in that like transitional phase or or have a kid and, and go through that, like I'll do business any day. Just the kid thing yeah. like that. That is that one thing that's I did it. I'm, I'm glad I'm over the baby part of it at least. Like that is <laughs> that is a mountain that when you get to the top, like thank you, Lord Jesus. Like, all right, we're over we're over diapers. Uh, we're in the next by, stage. By far, like yeah, like being a dad is like much much harder than poker like it's not, it's not even close it's, it's more rewarding but it's like just so much the degree of difficulty uh and the level of like uncertainty that like you experience and stuff like that is just far far greater at least for me like in fatherhood than it is like in in poker it is almost a thousand times worse and this is just just me talking here for a second of yeah of being a therapist and knowing all the tools and messing up on a regular basis, I do. I'm like, I know better than to say that. I know better to do that. Like, or even just you know, just being in it, like being a therapist. Like, I have all the tools. Why can I not have my kids be how how I can vision? It's just impossible. Should, like, why are it's, we not yeah. meditating? Why are we not playing with our sand trays? What are we doing here? This is supposed to work. This is this is great in 45 minute sessions, but. My kids, like, dad, I don't care. Yeah, it's like tough too. You know, it's like you're you're exactly right. Like with the session part of it, it's like I I'm like just a delight with other people's kids. So like I'll keep other people's kids like laughing and happy and behaving for like an hour at a party or something like that. That's no problem at all. But yeah, when you're when you're there every minute of the day, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, it does become like tough and like it's it's easy to like you know get your nerves a little frayed and stuff like that. It's like. Uh, I always I use sports analogies a lot, but it's like, you know, like how you miss a free throw or something like that. It's like, yeah, like you get tired, like your nerves get to like shot, like situations change, even though you're a professional athlete. You know what I mean? It's like they're just outside factors like that are, are going to cause it to be more difficult, even though you do know better. So what do you feel now that you've climbed that first mountain? What do you think the challenges are going forward for you and that fact of? while we're here of like, you know, family wise and personal wise, how do you balance that or what are some of the challenges? Yeah, it is. So it is like tricky, uh, to balance. So I, I mostly, I keep all my mornings open. Uh, so I, I usually get Owen to the bus and, uh, I'm home in the after he gets home in the afternoon and my wife works something like, uh, three days a week or two days a week in the office. So like half the time I'm probably at least picking him up as well. Uh, so for that reason, like it is sort of tricky to like, find where the hours are like i try and study a bunch uh during like some of that downtime but it does get kind of difficult to try and like put in the appropriate amount of volume 
and also be there for your kid, if that makes sense, right? Like the thing that is tricky for me is like how much money I earn, at least over the course of the year, is just directly tied to how many hours I play. And so like I have to just always make that decision about whether or not like I'm spending time like with the family or uh, whether or not I'm like out trying to earn money. And then like even balancing that, like, you know, if I'm even taking a day off for like mental reasons or I just don't feel like it, but it's like, oh, shouldn't you be maybe because this is how you pay the bills now. So like you got to be out earning a living. So like that's probably the biggest balance challenge. Uh, that and yeah, you know, I'm trying to get more into tournaments. I, I strictly play cash mostly. Like I, I'll goof around online tournament wise, but it's like harder to find like live tournaments, um, which I really do. But when, once a year, at least for the the time being, I'll go out to the World Series for a couple weeks because there's not a ton of like live tournaments around here, and those are a huge time commitment um, away from the kid as well. Which is why mostly why I do cash, uh, to be honest, is because you can just sort of do it for two hours or four hours or six, like whatever you whatever you need. But like that's definitely the the biggest challenge is sort of balancing like when am I going to study? Like when is this going to be time like to go earn money, you know, to provide? And then also like, you know, we have to spend time with your family, like quality time, not just like I don't want to just be in the room. Like I'd like to be present with them. So like that's that's really the trickiest part. Being mindful and aware. That's one of those key yeah. buzzwords. Sure. Trying to understand what that is for you. And when you were talking there, I was thinking of exactly what you were saying in, in, in my world of how do I find that balance of, because if I see more people, see more patients, that's more time away. Yeah. And that's only one at a time. So it's that thought, and maybe you started doing this too, of, all right, how do I like work smarter, not harder? How do I engage more people by doing less not taking as much time and figure out how to if that could be profitable or not which is yeah why one of these gambles i'm taking right here <laughs> yeah it's just trying well, to it's figure out, like i can reach more people and have this be something that's you know popular or something like that that, that could help more people but also help me too if all right i want to see seven more people because right if people don't show up or you have a bad night in poker if all right, I had a bad month. I, you know, I had seven no-shows yeah. or some people cancel and that's X number of dollars. And All right, so now I'm in the hole. Now what do I need to do to make up for that or how do I make up for that or, without putting pressure on yourself, right? That's that's the main thing. Put more pressure on yourself and causes more stress and anxiety. I feel like it's like a, a sort of a side effect I wasn't, I didn't know would happen, like a, sort of being on your own in that way is that like, you feel like your time is constantly commodified, right? Because like, that's just how you're making your money is like your time. So then all of a sudden you sort of are way more sort of critical, even with yourself about like, well, what am I doing with this time? Cause it's like you, I, if I spend time with like my friends or if like I'm spending more time like at home, it's like, that's also, you shouldn't really think of it this way and no one else would do it with a regular job, but you're like, ah, am I, am I missing an opportunity here? Cause like, this this could be money making time in theory like if i you know if i chose to do it differently so you you're just sort of more critical with yourself or at least i am with like what you're doing with your time and i, I like your way of looking at it though right is like sometimes like less hours is better you know like there might be a better way to reach people where i can still make like in your case like the money that you're making but also not have to put in like so much time away from the family and that is an important balance i feel like like I could make a lot more money 
And if I just decided to not see my family at all, you know what I mean? But that would be horrible. I wouldn't, that would not be a fulfilling life for me or for them. It would be bad for everybody. So you do have to sort of find a balance to be like, no, I want to spend quality time with my family and still find a way to like, you know, meet obviously the obligations that you feel like you have to meet. I think you told me, and I think we've seen too, of you see the modern poker player be more into, you know, vlogging their sessions or yeah being presence online or merchandise and things like that to kind of of course you know it makes perfect sense it's like yeah if, if you're them it's like not having as much pressure in that. Yeah. that's exactly it. it i'm sure it relieves pressure for one thing uh you know it's like extra money they might not have to put in quite as many hours at the table like that kind of thing like it's just a slam dunk and then like yeah that like any any if you do do that, then you get to be more free with your time. And it's probably less of an issue where you're, you're like, oh, no, I, I have to be on the grind here. I feel like it's a transition. It's kind of, you know, like any business, right? One person or 100 people or beyond of how <clears throat> it goes from being one entity to, all right, we're growing, we're changing. How do we metamorphize into what the next part of this company is, right? We were this in the beginning there where for myself, if I'll take on, you know, Whoever, just trying to get paneled, like I just want to, because I was always told in therapy, if it would take you three to five years to fill fill your sessions, and, and it took me two weeks. So I'm like, well, yeah. I, that didn't, I, that, you know, start analyzing. That, that, like, that didn't hold true. Well, I think, yeah, because yeah, of my being a male therapist, being the, you know, working with kids, working with dads, working with families of, yeah, good luck finding, you know, there's a handful of us pretty much. I'm sure there's more. So yeah. I apologize to anyone I didn't, didn't say to there, but, you know, it's just, there's not a lot. And I think, right, and knowing the niche, knowing that's really it was to figure out niche or niche. I, I, people say it different ways. I, it's just everything in life. You know, that's true if you're even in like a a, a company job, I would say. Like if that is a, something you're going to do, you're going to work like in an office, there is some niche in the office too and you should find it. Like I, like I think it's important to do that. Definitely. And I think it's it's just figuring out not just what you're good at, but then taking that and seeing if, okay, I, I kind of conquered the fear of not getting patience and starting my practice. And now that kind of grew into, it's almost, you know, a personal thing of believing in myself to the point of, wait a minute, why am I fighting with insurance to get my hourly or 45 minute rate when I know I'm good enough that maybe not at all, obviously, because not everyone could pay. Maybe I could give them a slow, different rate, but, you know, that's yeah. a side note here of it. But, of I don't want to be on the path. I don't want to fight with insurance. Like that's more time taken away too. If now I'm paying a bill right. or 10%. So why am I paying a bill or 10% to go fight with the insurance? Cause I don't have the time during the day. I'm just going to remove that. You know, it's, it's let, crazy, but that's, I mean, it's like, yeah, like that you could maybe make more money or get more patience if you had it. But to your point, it's like, yeah, is this worth the headache? Like, and to me, it's like not like one of the, the freeing things I think about, like working on your own and like having sort of like a fluid income, right, where it's, you could make more or less or whatever in a given year is like you can make a decision like that to be like, I'm just going to enjoy my life. I, I'm not going to I don't need to fight with someone over this like little bit of extra money if it's going to bring all this aggravation like it's it's not worth it. Like it's much easier than it would be, at least for me, like at an office, like telling a boss, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Cause I just don't need the aggravation. But when, when you are free in that way, you can be like, yeah, I don't need this money or, or the pain that would come from like having to like do it this way. 
like I don't need it. Like I, I can go without it. I can find other ways to do it. Well, it's incremental, right? It's, it's, it's building it up in yourself. And I'm sure you have your own equivalent in your mind. Maybe it's from like one, two to two, five kind of thing of that you feel confident enough of like, all right, I belong and you know, I, I can handle this. And for me, it was not just building that, but also of, right, the understanding of I want to help everyone, but I can't. And, and you do feel bad and you do wish you could, you know, do more with what's available to you, but also knowing too of your own self-worth of, well, if this these insurance companies aren't going to pay me knowing of, all right, I have something special and they're not, they don't even give you a raise. That was, that was the final straw for me of you, 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 you literally had to. So when I found out of like, all right, how do I ask X, Y, or Z insurance? I've been doing this. I take many of your patients and I think I should be closer to what my rate, you know, that I want, that I, that is the standard amongst all conditions we put out there should get not $40 less. And they just usually have to go through a system of like writing a letter and then waiting for the email to come back and then they'll let you know in four to six weeks. And they'll just send you the standard letter of like, we pay everyone the same. Like, well, that's ridiculous. Whether it's you started out in your own practice or you've been doing it for 20 years, we pay everyone the same. Like, no, no, I, I know I need that's to crazy. kind of create my own yeah. path. Yeah, that's, it keeps trying to bring you back to, in the psychology sense to me, it was like, it's always trying to bring you back to that thing of like, no, 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 you need me. You need insurance. Like you, you need that job. You need to be in that cubicle. You need to yeah. stay here because you're not going to figure it out on your own. So I'm like, well, I'll take I that next that. step. Like that was the next mountain of like, all right, I'm going to figure out of if I can do this on my own and try to create a way, but still being helpful of I'll take less here and there because I don't have to deal. I don't have to pay 10%. I don't have to deal with people on the phone. I can just take a lesser rate from someone directly, and that still saves me time and money. So, you know, even going that route, and yeah, then just keep on expanding, right? Let's keep on going on to the next. It, it is always next. scary at first, and then then it all of a sudden is not, you know, like that really is it. And like to your point, like I mean, I went through that 100%. Like I, I mean, we talked about it in real time, like when I started playing two, when I jumped to two five at first from one, two, one, three. And it's, but it, it is like, you just go, oh, okay, wait, I actually can do this. This isn't that bad. This isn't that hard. Like it's sort of the same thing, but like, there is always an initial doubt anytime you go to do that. I, I think it's just inherent in us. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know. Well, I did this, but I don't know if I can do that. Like it really is like, we, we do just have like an innate fear of the unknown. Um, and as soon as it becomes known, it goes away. Like that's the, the thing you like, fear sometimes you want to like, push people and be like no you don't understand like as soon as you get on the other side of this you'll see how silly it is like i know it doesn't seem that way now but like as soon as you like get out there you're gonna realize this was silly like that that this was just in your head that you couldn't do this welcome to the segment called let it out now or appropriately called lion Sometimes it's good to let your inner lion out, whatever that may feel like, whatever that may sound like, that's what you need to do once a day. It's important for dads, everyone, to let it out, to find a way that is appropriate for them. Whether it's in the car, letting out a roar, a kitten scream, or whether that is listening to music with your kids, or just even taking time to yourself or going outside and playing with your kids, family, dog, whatever the case is. You gotta find your line. You gotta let it out now. 
It's healthy. It's good. It's right freaking now. If you have something, feel free to send it to dadoneal.com. Go to Facebook page. Go to LinkedIn. Send it out there. Let me see your line. Let me see how you roar. I feel like it's in my mind now of, yep, we should have segued earlier, but I feel like it's even a better segue because we've been letting it out in the you know, last yeah. 15, 20 minutes here of different, uh, all we've been through of getting to where we are. And that's important to kind of look back and recognize and, and let out in a, in a frame there. And as it's time to kind of ask you of, you know, what is your let it out? Do you have something on your mind today that is bugging you, big, small? In between, I did. I did have a small one. Uh, it was actually from like a, a late last week. It was either Thursday or Friday. It was funny. Uh, I was like, we were. I was going to go to lunch with Jess. It was a day that Jess was working from home. Uh, it's just, it's funny, like people's awareness. So it was like she was in her office, which is like right there, basically. So if I'm here, uh, like if she got her door open, I can hear it. And and she has, she's in this meeting, and it has gone long, which is like happens sometimes. You know, like not always avoidable, but. You know, still annoying when you do it. Uh, so it's it's now it's like twenty minutes over the the time, uh, and somebody is like decides they're going to speak up or whatever, um, and they they went with like pleasantries. They were they were like, uh, "Oh hi, how how are you doing?" Uh, like in the middle, and it's like, "Buddy, what's we're not doing pleasant pleasantries were ninety minutes ago." Like, let's go. Like this now you're you're using someone else's time now. We gotta we gotta keep so moving. That sounds like a little frustrating. It's just mm-hmm. it's just funny. Like, you know, I mean like I, I have it's probably a little Larry David-ish of me, right? It's a perfectly reasonable. Like I was probably nervous, but it's like uh I'm always like hyper aware of like how I'm affecting like other people's space. Like like we talked like the times like when people don't know what they're ordering, like when they get up to the check, it's like that stuff drives me freaking crazy. Because I'm just like, oh, you should, you had to have been thinking about this before now. Like, this is crazy that you wouldn't be thinking about it until now. Like, and it's affecting directly the people behind you. So that stuff always drives me nuts. And that's 100%. Like, part of it was I was probably hungry and wanted to go to lunch. And I was like, is this guy really doing this now? He's, he's asking how everyone's doing. And then you realize that these people don't realize, don't think about what they ordered before. Are you taking the next? No, that guy 100% doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he's a, a wonderful person, whoever he is. But uh, yeah, he, I'm, I'm positive that that guy does not know what he is getting at Starbucks when he gets to the line. Yes, that is the next level of psychology of knowing of when you're mad at them because like how do you not know with any realize if, oh they don't know it's just, they don't it's just yeah that, it's just funny i i i do know. i'm like harshly judge people sometimes in my head and it is funny i do sometimes come around to that exact conclusion it's like well if they did know like it's far more likely that they're just unaware of it and they don't know that it's it would bother other people or is affecting other people then they're aware of it and just don't care like it's it's mostly they just don't know Right, and I'm sure I do a million things that drive people crazy that I don't know, and, and I welcome people to tell me if so. And I've definitely become more comfortable as I get older, just being I am what I am. Like, yep, I'm, you know, it's okay to have people hate me. Me and my wife have that conversation every now and then. It's like I say it all the time to her, I'm like, I'm, it's okay that people don't like me. She's like, does that not bother you? No, it doesn't. It's like that understanding of like, no, I, I probably at least of like eighty percent of people probably don't like me, and that's okay. Like half yeah. like is too generous. Like eighty percent. Like you know, like how many people like actually like you? Like in a room of ten people, like you probably yeah. talk like two of them, right? Two or three tops. So 
Maybe if I had like the right like high school life, you know, the right outfit, maybe I'd have like four or five, but no more than five. <laughs> Max, no. What's, your, what's the story? Uh, you do. I think that I, I got more comfortable like with that just in old age or old age, whatever it is, like just getting older. Like I, I think it would have bothered stuff like that would have bothered me years ago that really didn't. And we're, we're actually in Disney World in uh, August. This was actually very funny. Uh, we're coming back from a dinner we're on the monorail so it's like jess and my sister and i and we're like sitting on like the monorail bench and this this lady comes in and she's like in a scooter but the scooter had a seat like i just remember noticing it had a seat so she came in i just thought nothing of it like i didn't say anything and the lady out of nowhere and i, I give her a credit for this part of it the delivery was fantastic and it was it was a two-step burn on me that she had <laughs> she goes to jess she says like you must be very proud. You have a very polite husband. <laughs> and Jessica like didn't like no. She's like, oh, yeah. I think she made like a joke, like yeah, he, you know, he's all right. You know, I'll keep him around, I guess, or something. Uh, and she's like, yeah, like no, I know I would be proud if like uh, like a disabled woman came in and my husband didn't offer like the seat. And it was like whoa, like and it was great. And she was on a seat. So and after it's like, would you like the seat? And she said no. She sat on the seat the whole time or whatever. But I remember Jess was so much more angry about it because she was like, that woman hates your guts. Like she, and she always will. She's like, she's just going to think you're like a bad person. She doesn't know you at all. Like, and she's like, you're always thinking of other people. And it just didn't bother me because I was like, well, I know, like, you know, I, I get up for people. I, I hold the door for people. Like I, I would have offered her a seat. Like if she had like a walker, I did. I just thought she was on a seat, you know, like I thought nothing of it. That was, that was maybe where my ignorance was. I don't know. But like the the funny part was I was just like, I know that like I do this type of stuff. And so I it, it doesn't matter to me that this person I that will never see again will tell that story with a much different tone about how this like real a-hole like wouldn't give up a seat at Disney World. Like I, I'm sure she'll tell that story that way and she'll, you know, not think very highly of me, but what can I do about it? It's just kind of accepting that right, it's okay that you're gonna make mistakes and uh we're going to mess up. Yeah. Then. It was like, I, I don't even know if it, this one was a mistake in general, but it was like, you know, it, obviously there was some sort of like miscommunication and that's all right. You tell her like, read the Boston head part asshole. Sorry. I just, <laughs> I'm not. This is just like, yeah, it's, it's what it's I joke me. about when now living back down here again, I've always joked with Holly about it. When I lived in Florida, this is my kind of pseudo funny story of right. Growing up in the Northeast my whole life and then moving to Florida and, I think it was in a public su supermarket and, you know, just like head down, like not, you know, normal. And they would be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, just trying to get conversate with me. And, like, I hear someone <laughs> yeah. say, like, wait, what a pain in the ass he is, kind of thing. Like, I yeah. realized, like, oh, wait a minute. So this whole time, I thought I'd been nice, but I'm like Northeast nice. Like, in the, in the yeah. realm of the rest of the country, like, I'm pretty <laughs> much as a piece of ass, you know, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> And, and and like 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 oh so like you're supposed to like wave like now now where I live like in my neighborhood like it's funny because then you can tell like who's from where because like I'll right, wave yeah. to people like didn't wave I'm like you are definitely from the northeast like you did not yep. wave back to me like you were uh, I am a I would definitely be considered northeast nice like up here I think people would be like oh that guy is very polite yeah. but like yes and the northeast so nice down here it's like ah, he's, yeah. he's he's okay down they here, would man. be like this guy it probably because I, I would do the same thing like I'll put my headphones in going to the grocery store and stuff they'd be like look at this jerk off yeah <laughs> like what's not he doing saying hi. 
Um, but yeah, exactly. Like, but in the Northeast, that it is funny how like yeah, when you travel and you go to different places, you like do see that because exactly. I, I growing up, I didn't think that was like weird at all. It's like yeah, you go to Market Basket, you keep your head down, you don't say nothing to nobody. Like you get out of there, you hold the door for an older lady if she, if she needs it, and that's that. Um, but no, like people talk to each other in other parts of the country. It's funny too of when I move to Massachusetts. I'm living in Florida for six years. You kind of forget the other way too. I'm like, what? I said hi to that person. Like, oh yeah, right. I forget where I moved to. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it wouldn't be like, weird I, at I all. I started doing the other yeah. way. Now I'm like, I'm back to that now down here. Like, if I turn next time, I go back up north and have some of my southernisms now. Like, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I forget where I am. My my initial reaction is like I'm getting robbed. Like there's like a pickpocket. Like if I'm at a grocery store and someone's like, hey, I'm like looking around. Like what the hell's going on here? What do you mean, hey? Hey, it's for horses. There's no hay in this. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a hay back, but like I'm looking over both shoulders, be like, my aunt can't. What's going on? Why are you saying <laughs> hi to me? Like that. That is like a thing up here. I don't know why that is. Like, uh, it seems like uh, a more confrontational way, but we don't say hi. Your next big step is the World Series this year, and then hopefully more tournaments keep keep coming. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Long range, uh, I have more tournament goals. Like, uh, it's fun. It's sort of like the mountain thing that you were talking about, right? Like, I know I can play cash and will always on some level play cash and like will always be able to, as, as long as obviously I keep studying and stuff, like make money playing cash. Tournaments, I think, are more exciting. Like, they're way more variants. Um, so it's like not like a great full time decision for me now, right? Especially with a, f- a family, because you really got to be able to take like those graphs go like down, 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 way up, down, 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 down. So it's like crazy, crazy. But I do also know that like as Owen gets older and stuff like that, I am going to have more time for tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, so it is something like I want to focus on. I've started like more seriously doing tournament study this year. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it works in June. And we can uh, we can make a little money out there. That's your next that's your next step of creating that path for your for your career. That's the thing. I'd love to just like get one like six figure score and then uh, be able to goof around a little bit and, and play more tournaments. And you can so. start having your own podcast and doing your own stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you just have like a, a an extra hundred k cushion. You're really in business. See, you know? it's the Chris Money Maker syndrome, right? Like you have a big cash. Like, oh, you must know something. Then he's he's got to know something. I'll I'll pay for. It. Hearing what he's got to say. Oh yeah, you don't have to know anything about about poker to talk about it. I assure you of right. that. Right, you just have one big cash of like, oh, he must know something if he does have yeah. a big cash like that, in a tournament or something. Well, thanks very much for being part of this podcast, and uh, good luck with all your tournaments and adventures. And uh, we'll be in touch. We'll be at the World Series, and yeah, we're giving out Dad Daniel swag while while we're running up chips. All right, thank you again. We'll talk soon. Of course. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for subscribing to Dead Onion and on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, Spotify, and on many others. I want you to be able to go to deadonion.com, D-A-D-E-N-N-I-A-L.com, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'll be trying to put up at least one weekly blog kind of idea for a lion or something that's going on this week or a post that you people put out there on Facebook. Nice post, please. On LinkedIn, things like that to, to let me know how this is helping or things that 
are on your mind or questions or thoughts that I can bring up on the show. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to know what your feedback is. I hope to be continuing more and more of these. I know Dad O'Neill can be in your neighborhood too. So let's all work together. Let's show our support. Let's show how much we are all lions and all ones as Dad O'Neill's today. Thank you.